0: This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare care providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision-making and judgment of a qualified healthcare care professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified health care provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. healthcare Associated Infections by Deb Morrow. Please note that in this video we will be following the guidelines used at Boston Children's Hospital. Some of this information may need to be modified based on the equipment, guidelines, and practices in place in your institution.
1: Hi, my name is Deb Morrow and I am a Staff Nurse 3 and the Infection Prevention Coordinator in the Cardiac Intensive Care Unit at Children's Hospital Boston. Today I'm going to be discussing methods that we use to prevent the development of healthcare-associated infections in the pediatric intensive care units at our institution.
0: Introduction.
1: What is a healthcare-associated infection? These have been defined by the United States Center for Disease Control and Prevention as a condition resulting from an adverse reaction to an infectious agent or its toxin. There must be no evidence that the infection was present or incubating at the time of admission to the hospital unless the infection is related to a recent admission or a procedure such as a surgical site infection. A device-associated infection occurs when an indwelling catheter is in place. The infection was not present at the time of the catheter placement, and it cannot be related to an infection at another site. Examples of indwelling catheters are central venous lines, endotracheal tubes, and urinary catheters. There is no minimum time that the catheter has to be in place for an infection to be considered device-associated. However, if a patient is admitted from another hospital or another unit with an indwelling catheter in place, there is a 48-hour grace period where an infection would be attributed to the transferring location. Healthcare-associated infections are a major cause of death and disability worldwide and cost billions of dollars. For example, in Mexico healthcare-associated infections are the third leading cause of death for the entire population. The cost of these infections equals 70 percent of the entire budget of the Ministry of Health. In Brazil and Indonesia more than half of neonatal patient admissions get a healthcare-associated infection with mortality rates between 12 to 52 percent. And in the United States, a study on clinical and economic outcomes of healthcare infections showed that sepsis and pneumonia added more than $8 billion to the cost of health care and caused more than 48,000 deaths. Mortality rates were highest for patients who developed sepsis and pneumonia after surgery. What is needed for an infection to occur? There are three basic elements needed for infection. First, there must be an infectious agent, such as a bacterium, virus, fungus, parasite, or prion. Sources of infectious agents include humans, animals, and the environment. Second, there must be a person who is susceptible to the infectious agent. And finally, the mode of transmission is the way that an infectious agent gets to a susceptible host. The mode of transmission is the element, the key element in breaking the cycle of infection. Most infection prevention practices are designed to target this element. It is important to remember that in pediatrics, newborns have immature immune systems, and cardiac patients may have other conditions such as Asplenia or DeGeorge syndrome, which increase the risk for infection. The three most common interventions that increase the risk for healthcare-associated infections in the pediatric intensive care unit are the use of central venous lines, mechanical ventilation, and total parenteral nutrition.
0: Modes of transmission.
1: Let's talk about the mode of transmission for infectious agents. There are five major modes of transmission, contact, droplet, airborne, common vehicle, and vector. The modes of transmission vary by the type of infectious agent and some agents may be transmitted by more than one mode. Contact is the most common mode of transmission and it is divided into two categories. Direct contact involves the transfer of infectious agents from an infected person directly to another person. Indirect contact. Involves the transfer of an infectious agent through a contaminated intermediate object or person. The contaminated hands of healthcare workers are important contributors to indirect contact transmission. And most pathogens can be spread by either direct or indirect contact. Indirect contact transmission can also occur when patient care equipment or the environment are not cleaned properly between patients. Infectious agents can be spread when doctors, nurses, and other health care workers do not clean their hands when leaving a patient's room. Droplet transmission occurs when respiratory droplets carrying infectious agents are propelled short distances by coughing, sneezing, or endotracheal suctioning. These agents may cause infection when they enter the nose, eyes, or mouth of a susceptible person. Close contact with a sick person is needed, and examples of pathogens that can be spread by droplet transmission are influenza viruses, adenovirus, pertussis, and meningiococcemia. Airborne transmission occurs when tiny particles that contain infectious agents are small enough to remain suspended in the air for long periods of time. These particles may travel over long distances on air currents. Infection occurs when these particles are inhaled by a susceptible person. Close contact with a sick person is not needed. Common vehicle transmission occurs when an infectious agent is spread from a contaminated common source such as food, water, or medications. For example, Salmonella food poisoning or Legionella water contamination. Vector-borne is when a disease is transmitted to humans by an animal or an insect, such as rabies or malaria. Colonization. During hospitalization, patients can become colonized with organisms foreign to their normal body flora. Colonization is defined as the persistent presence of an organism in the host without alteration in body function. The organism is present on culture. Normal flora is usually present with few polymorphonuclear leukocytes on gram stain. And the patient or host has no signs of illness. Colonization usually occurs in areas of the body exposed to the outside environment, such as the skin, respiratory tract, gastrointestinal tract, or urinary tract due to repeated urinary catheterizations. Patients are never colonized in sterile body areas, such as the bloodstream or the cerebral spinal cavity. Pathogens here Indicate infection. When a patient becomes infected, the organism disrupts physical function and causes disease. Colonization almost always precedes infection. The number one intervention for preventing the spread of infectious agents in healthcare settings is careful hand hygiene by doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers.
0: That concludes our video on healthcare associated infections. Thank you. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org. Oh, 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 oh,